Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, in checking elsewhere around North Dakota, Devil's Lake anglers continue enjoying walleye success, especially in Pelican Lake, Minnewaukan Flats, or the northern feeder lakes. A word of caution on Pelican, though, because the lake is up enough so there's some submerged trees and things that anglers will need to watch for so you can avoid some proper boat damage. Try trolling live bait rigs with bottom bouncers and lead core in 16 to 25 feet, or keep trying slip bobbers. Lake Ashtabula continues producing perch and walleye. Overall, though, the hot weather spell made it tough to want to be out on the water fishing, almost too hot to fish, and a lot of people are enjoying recreational boating opportunities. That's the case on the Missouri River around Bismarck Mandan. Lots of pontoons and other boating activity. The tail race is slow to fare from boats for walleye and catfish. Try the blowout or spillway channel for walleye during the day. There you'll want to use jigs or lindy rigs and night crawlers. And there's some, a few catfish in the chutes at night. Try three-way swivels, plastics, or mix it up with crankbaits. There's limited trout activity, and it's a little different for this time of year. Anglers might also want to try the tail race boat ramp at night from shore, using live bait with night crawlers or jigs and minnows for walleye. Another tried-and-true option is casting crankbaits at night along the rocks. Lake Sakakawea remains fair to good for walleye with better success around the north shore on the east side. Try Seven Sisters or Stanky and Douglas Bays using night crawlers with spinners and bottom bouncers, slow death hooks, or lindy rigs. Work as shallow as 8 feet up to 18 feet and even deeper. The best overall walleye success, however, remains west towards Beulah Bay on the south shore or the Indian Hills area in Deepwater Bay, up into the Van Hook Arm in the midsection. Look for some occasional salmon success on the east end, but there aren't very many salmon anglers out yet, and the better success, with more anglers out, is yet to come as we speed towards August. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, Read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer Agri Gone Outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. This, uh, this gentleman is a man who needs no introduction in the world of outdoor media. Hall of Fame angler, Emmy Award-winning outdoor television producer and host, uh, Mr. Ron Shera. Ron, welcome to Gone Outdoors. 
Hey, thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to our chat. Well, I, yeah, so are we. So are we. It, uh, glad to have you on the show. And I just have to, I just have to share with our listeners, you know, uh, back in the early 2000s, Ron, you came to Fargo-Moorhead to speak to the FM Walleyes Unlimited Club. You were the featured speaker in uh, their main event for the year, the Anglers Night Out. And uh, I will always remember that night because... I brought my two kids along, and at the time they were uh, they were early elementary age kids, and they both won a little stuffed raven, stuffed black lab animal, and uh, they treasured that that animal for their childhood. And now we have it, and our grandkids are playing with it. So uh, great, great memories created there. Oh, thank you. I get a lot of those stories as kids sleep with it, uh, etc. Sometimes they're too old to sleep with it but they still do <laughs> yep there's, and there's nothing wrong with that at all nothing wrong um folks ron is the founder and president of minfish we've talked about minfish on this program a number of different times in the past it's a non-profit organization aimed at improving fishing opportunities for anglers in minnesota we want to really talk about one of those opportunities and and narrow it down just a little bit today and talk about how we can we can better look for opportunities for panfish, particularly sunfish and bluegills, and opportunities for, for us and for future generations. Ron, this is something that's near and dear to your heart. Well, this has been a, a problem in Minnesota for a long time, as anybody knows who fishes, tries to catch uh, what you call a, maybe an eater-sized bluegill. Um, but a little history here. Um, there was a, a, a bait shop in Park Rapids called Fuller's Tackle, and for 50 years, they ran a, a big fish contest that a lot of tackle shops did way back when. And uh, somebody took those 50 years of data and, and put it together and found out two interesting things, that over the 50 years, the fish it took to win the bluegill uh, trophy went from you know, over 10, 11, 12 inches to, to less than 10. And the fish that it took to win the Northern Pike uh, also declined. So there were two fish species in Minnesota, game fish, uh, that showed they were being exploited. And uh, that's still true today. So DNR has been trying to uh, uh, set some uh, bluegill limits to hopefully allow uh, bigger ones to survive and grow. Here's the problem. Um, very normal, very natural for us. We, if we catch a nice bluegill, what do we do? If it's little, we throw it back. If it's bigger, we keep it. Well, that's been the problem. We've kept all the big bluegills. The smaller ones we released, and subsequently, researchers have found that uh, when you take the big blue, especially the big male bluegills out, it somehow wrecks their social system and the smaller male bluegills start to spawn. And uh, hence, we end up with these stunted bluegill lakes. And that's that's where we're at today. You know, Ron, it, it seems like that for years, anglers have gotten on board with walleyes, with, you know, catch and release or selective harvest and many other species, you know, same with bass. Um but panfish, it's taken a long time to get to the point where we're at now, where uh, a lot of anglers are starting to think about that. You know, in the past, like you said, you catch a big bluegill or 
you know, in some some aspects, a really big crappie, people look at it and go, oh, man, that thing's going to eat really good. And, and yeah. it goes in their live well. But, you you know, people haven't thought that way about a walleye, a 28-inch walleye for years. You know, and it, well, it just takes, I think, awareness to get people to realize what's going on. Yeah, I think that's the key, the awareness. Um, and, and you're right. A few years ago, if you'd have told me that Minnesotans would release a walleye of any size, I'd say, you're crazy. They're all going to go in the frying pan. But that's not true anymore. Uh, so it's really changed. I see change in uh, people uh, regarding bluegills because DNR's brought some attention to it, setting some more restrictive bluegill limits on uh, selected lakes. But then this kind of publicity, the things like you and I were just talking about right now, um, also helps. So, you know, really, it, nobody is saying don't eat a bluegill. They're delicious. I love them myself. But I think the rule kind of, and most people agree, if it's nine inches or more, let it go. If it's a beautiful seven to eight inch uh, uh, bluegill, uh, take it home and enjoy a meal. But uh, let those nine, 10, 11 inch bluegills go if you're even fortunate enough to catch one. There be, there's certainly a rarity, aren't they, to catch those trophy sized bluegills. But you mentioned some of the restrictive limits. Uh, we have a number of those lakes here not too far from where Scott and I are, are from in the Fargo-Moorhead area. has there is, is it too soon, Ron, or, or are they seeing results from some of these uh, reduced possession or, or daily fish keep limits uh, on bluegills and panfish? Well, it's too soon to tell. My greatest fear is I won't live long enough to see the big changes because what happens is um, if a few people go to one of these lakes that they're not supposed to, keep the big ones but if they do that kind of and if enough people keep the big ones and there's not enough enforcement that's going to wreck any kind of results that you get now my good friend gary roach brought up a point and he told dnr about it uh when you say hey you can only have five bluegills instead of 10 or whatever it was the nat natural reaction is for, oh i i want to have a meal of bluegills i can only have five well then i'm going to keep the five biggest ones which yeah. is not what not what people want. So, um, you know, bring some kids. You can have their, you can have more than five. So anyway. So so Ron, here's a real quick question. We don't got a whole lot of time. Maybe a couple minutes left. So, what do you think about? And I brought this up to a local DNR fisheries manager um, about putting a slot limit on bluegills. You know, like you said, release everything overnight. And at that time, the discussion was anglers aren't ready to measure bluegills yet. But, you know, I personally, I think we're ready. And, and I think a lot of anglers need to be ready for that because I think that would really help a lot. Well, I agree with you. I mean, we are we are measuring northern pike and walleyes right now. So in uh, some lakes, we're measuring bass. So the fact you know, I think that's a lame excuse. I would rather see a size limit as well. Uh, because as I just said, if enough people keep only five bluegills, but they're all ten inches, you're 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 uh, ruining everything you're trying to achieve there. You know, one thing I think that's been woven in this entire discussion, Ron, is that uh, that the public's buy-in, the angling public's buy-in, and understanding of the current situation is important. And I know that's one of the things that you are working very hard to do through Minfish. 
Uh, before we're out of, out of time this segment, I want to make sure that folks that are listening to the program today have the website and know where to go to get involved, to uh, find out about MinFish, uh, become a member, and, and get invested in, in what the future of fishing holds for our state. Yeah, they can reach MinFish by our website is uh, mn-fish.com. That's mn hyphenfish.com. Minfish was organized to give anglers some representation in the legislature. I got to tell you, we don't have any in Minnesota as we speak. So we had two big efforts this year in bonding money, uh, $37 million to improve public boat access, $60 million to fix up our hatcheries. Some of some of haven't been fixed up since 1950s. And uh, those bonding bills, of course, died when our lawmakers went home. Uh, but uh, maybe they'll come back. and uh, But that's what we're trying to do is give anglers representation in the legislature. That is a fantastic thing. Uh, the future of our sport depends on it. Folks, we're visiting with Ron Shira. Ron, it has been a pleasure to have you on Gone Outdoors. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, and uh, good fishing. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock, and then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time. I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.